I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dips, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, you know, their customer service, even before they were sponsors, w- was unbelievable. It's one of the reasons I, I reached out to them and said, I want you to sponsor, be one of our sponsors on our podcast, because I just believe in their machine so much, and it's just helped our team win so many games. So uh, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop. It is my baby. Um, it's one of the reasons we're able to keep this free. We're not going to be charging for our podcast or our YouTube channel or anything like that. Um, but it's also run by a high school coach for high school coaches or youth coaches or even college coaches. Um it's not run by a, a, a college. It's not Zoom. It's not all these Zoom calls. It's on court. It's demonstrations. It's videos. It's clinics. It's handouts. It's everything you need to become a better basketball coach in one stop shop. So if it's not there, I will find it for you. <laughs> all right, let's head off to the podcast. And then we'll, we'll get out of this couple okay. couple box out drills and things that. that okay. Work. So that's really it. Those are our defensive essentials. We don't do okay. a whole lot more one than more. that. Uh, villain over breakdowns again. We kind of talked about that yeah, a little did. bit. A lot, yep. of, a lot of two foot finishes. A lot of shot fakes. Okay. A lot of pivoting. So yep, we'll put that on. That's a PDF. Okay. Um, we're, we're big on pivot out of pressure. I don't. I think kids kids do so much advanced level stuff now that that I've come back to more really really simple stuff. And the advanced stuff you don't use in a game that much. <laughs> no, they've, they've got trainers who they pay for that stuff. And I, I get it. If I'm a, if I'm a skill trainer, the videos I'm posting on Facebook are the triple crossover moves, the step backs, because right. everybody's like, I want my kid doing that. Right. But they, you know, the, the travel programs and stuff, they're all doing these high level workouts and there's a place for it with the right kid. But I just feel like my job is to fill in the gaps with that and, and, and pivoting and, and playing off of two feet is something. And again, how often do you see that in the, in the 123 possessions? 
you don't see it that often at the high school level because I'm going to no, counter you. But <laughs> you see that you see that jump stop shot fake get to the free throw line. Right. Um, we talk foul situations a lot. So getting you know how many teams have two good post players. You know if we can get that one guy out, that's huge. So. Um, again, I think that's where playing off of two feet is, is important. Uh, we have post perimeter breakdowns. We have two guns. Um, we don't always have our main gym. Uh, we have a field house with three courts and we have a main gym that has four courts, but our main court is in the, like we have like they're end to end, two courts end to end. Right. So our, our so our, is, we have seven courts, but it's not a great use of space based on the way our main gym was laid out back in the seventies. We do usually when we're in that main gym, we have two guns set up. So we're pretty fortunate with that. Um, if you don't have a gun, you need to get one. You need yeah. to get two of them. Um, and, and if, you know, they're expensive. Six. They grand. are. I'm a big Dr. Dish guy. They're the same thing though. But yeah, yeah. we had, and I had a Dr. Dish at Boylan too. I loved it. They're all good. They're, they're, yeah. they're so good. But I know, I know with shoot away and the gun, you can pay for half one year. Yeah. They'll, they'll like, I know Dr. Dish will like, um, they'll, uh, they'll work a, even a payment plan for you where it's like, awesome. Yeah. So we split with, so we did a, a, a two payment plan. We pay, we put, we pay now and get it, we pay half now and get it. And we pay again in nine months, but we split it with our girls. So we paid right. 1400 each Yeah. now and, and 1400 each in, in nine months. And yeah, you know, we had a trade in, so we got, we got about 1200 bucks off a of trade in, but um, yeah, really, the best fundraiser you can do is, is, is find a way to get one or two or however many. You can yeah. Do. They get, it's just about reps too. It is. It really is. And you can't, you just can't, you can't replicate that any other way. Uh, offensive breakdowns again, I, just some actions that we do some DHO stuff. Uh, we do some sweep action, um, right. pretty basic level motion stuff. I know you, I think yeah. you're a read and react guy. If I remember, I am, I'm a, I'm a little bit of everything. It just depends, yeah. but yeah, I, yeah. Read re a hybrid of read and react, but yeah. I like this stuff for, I, I'm a, I'm a quick hit guy. I, I like my sets. I like to, I like to manipulate early movement. Um, but then this stuff comes into play after those sets come to an end or they break down. Right. Uh, we still want to continue to build some of those habits. So we've got about four drills we use there. Um, and I've already said this, do your shooting drills and breakdowns allow for repetition in scoring the way your players will have opportunities to score in your offense. If it's I think, not, I think a lot of young coaches make a mistake on that one. I think they yeah, do it. Like you were saying earlier, I think they do a lot of drills that don't pertain to what they're actually doing. I used to constantly be looking for drills and then I thought, well, you know, if we do this footwork, let's just, all right, I'll be the high post, throw it to me, make your cut, take your hand off and you know, let's go on. Let's get right. Around. Make your own drills up. I'm just what I'm it's, telling it's, you. It's, yeah. it's, I think it, sometimes we lack confidence early on. So with, I'm going to run Bobby Knight's drill. Cause if it was good enough for Bobby Knight, it should be good enough for my seventh graders. Right. Right. So, <laughs> um, you know, but ask your head coaches, they should be able to, to guide you in that, in that situation as well. Yes. Um, and again, the reason why there's lots of drills I love, but they just don't translate to the way we play. So that's why we, I've kind of moved on from that stuff. And that's, you know, these are things that I've learned and I know you've probably learned trial and error. And for us at practice, free throws are halftime. We're at about that 45 minute to an hour mark. Um, our free throws, we run a free throw ladder. So, you know, is your free throw situation competitive? There's a lot of ways to do it. I don't we think do ladder. we do ladder too. They love ladder. Yeah. So what, here's how we do our ladder. And, and again, I can send this PowerPoint to anybody that wants it too. Okay. Um, each player has a seed, you know, so we'll go three, four days where we just record and seed and, you know, we alternate. So one day our number one has a buy. So it's two versus three, four versus five. And then the next day it's one versus two, three versus four. So one day you got to hold your spot. Next day you got the opportunity to move Yep, up. That's exactly what we do too. I yeah, love you got to string together wins. It puts pressure on them and, and it's fun. You know, the kids yeah. love it. 
They yeah. absolutely love it. They can't, they're, they're, they're energetic. Sometimes you got to tell them to, to settle down and focus. Right. And, and, and to be honest with you, I use it as whoever's at the top of the ladder in the technicals gets to go. Like yeah, that's what we do too. Yeah. We and, he, and it doesn't matter if it's our 15th guy, we sell them in. Yep. We sell them in there. So, um, and then just ways we do it. Some days we shoot 20. Uh, we usually don't do more than sets of five. I usually try to I, even five. I kind of like, yeah, they're never going to do that in the game. See, and I, and I change it up. Like I'll do a free throw ladder where they'll shoot 20. I'll shoot a free throw ladder where they'll shoot a bonus. I'll yep. do a free throw. Ladder. I just want to put different pressure on them. You know, that's the next thing I've got on the screen here. Some days we shoot 10 sets of one and one. So if you yeah. miss that first one, you don't even get the second one. Right. You know? And some days we, we take that. Remember the old NBA days where you had three to make two. I don't. Oh, oh that was a man. long. That was the ABA. That was a long. That was time. that was the NBA in the early eighties. Three to make two. But we'll do that sometimes. You make your first one, you get a second one. You make your second one, you get a third one. <laughs> awesome! I love that. Just to, again, just finding ways to put pressures on those shots. If they're tied, it's sudden death. If I swish it and you make it and it hits the rim, I win. We got a match, even a swish. Just because we again, we're back to time management. We got to move on at that point. <clears throat> Excuse me. Second half of practice that varies a lot more for us. I'm big on scouting reports. So we'll, we'll obviously spend time on scouting report stuff. Some coaches aren't, that's fine. I mean, it doesn't matter to me if you're big on scouting reports or not, but that's just what impacts our practice. Uh, we, we do have scout teams running sets for our, for our opponents. We have probably six teams in our league that don't run anything because they're super athletic. So, right. you know, it's, it's different. Uh, we have a couple of teams that, that run a ton of sets and they run them really well. So those weeks, obviously, that takes up more of our time than other weeks. We play a hybrid zone press. This is Don Showalter. I don't know if you know Don. Show I Don do. has coached the Junior USA teams and stuff. Yep. It's a diamond look, but we rotate to a, a two-two-one on a weak side entry pass. Um, do you uh, do you do you so you let them get the ball in in that diamond? You're not pressuring the ball. We try to force. No, we're we're all over the ball. So we've got our our energy big guy on the on the ball. Our okay. usually our four man, um, just a high energy kid that's still pretty athletic on the ball, trying to keep it ball side like to the short side of the floor. Yep. But if they enter it to the weak side, uh, Coach Showalter and and I love this. I went this. I think I was at a point guard college camp and he was speaking because I had run some diamond, but that weak side always killed us because by the time you get there to trap, they're thrown over the top of you and they're gone. So he always rotates automatically to a two two one. And then, you know, your trap area is just changed on that trip. And then he's got six or seven different calls that are really simple adjustments. Like sometimes you can squeeze out the, the team that throws it back to the inbounder. You can squeeze him out if that's their point guard. Just, just a lot of a really simple that. looks. Okay. That you can, uh, they, they don't take a lot of work to put it in. So, okay. again, it picks, does that, it pick up pace? It, it really does. It really speeds teams up. There's a, a red call where we come out of a timeout and we, we face guard and we're showing man-to-man and the shape of it. You don't see the diamond shape. But on that first pass, we're falling right back into diamond responsibilities. Um, try to Out of timeouts, we try to change it because they're calling a timeout because we've got them on it a couple times. And then we try to change the look. Um, sometimes we don't trap the first pass. Sometimes we trap the first pass no matter where it is. There's about seven different calls. I don't even think I've ever put all seven in. Um, we have a squeeze call, you know, if there's a team, uh, the backup point guard comes in, we go to a squeeze call where we we're really choking them out harder because we know that their, their best ball, but it's really all about just make somebody other than their best ball handler, get it across half court. And, um, again, I think at the high school level, you can have a lot of success with that because very few teams have two or three great ball handlers yeah. or, or and not even, it's not even about the ball handling. It's about the decision-making as well. It is. So, so we spend about 10 minutes on that. That occupies our time. Okay. 
I'm, I'm more than happy to share the PDF of that as well. Yeah, if that'd wants be great. That. Um, I might look at that. That that would be great. I, I'm always I, looking for a tweak on that. I love that. I, I just it, it just helped us control the action so much more. And I and what I, does I he call, what does Don call it? Um, I don't even know what he calls it. I've got I've got the video too. That uh, I think. Um, I can't even remember what he calls it. I, I'll I know email. Just, I'll email him. I just—I've never heard his name associated with it. But that, that's, yeah, yeah, I think this is what he runs with Team USA a lot, Matt. Okay. Because he's got so many athletes, and I had no. some—I <laughs> had some teams at Boylan where we were eleven deep. So it really came about like, how can we play all eleven guys? Right. Well, we got to get them tired. You know, yeah. we, we got to get them gas. So we just had to play fast. So, and it's the kids love playing. It's fun. Yeah. And then I don't think anything earth shattering here. We spend time on five on zero oh, and, and five, shell, on five. five on five. Yep. Um, really depends what your team needs here. And I, I can't emphasize that enough. Like, like at the varsity level, you have that framework, but you really have to manipulate to what your team needs. We do a lot of scoring stuff. Um, you know, and again, it's just, it's just make it up. Right. It's what you need with your specific. Yeah. I think Dean Smith was really big on that back in the day. Like, like if we're scrimmaging, it's not just about ones, twos, and threes. It's so if we're a bad offensive rebounding team, we may be given a plus two for every offensive rebound and just watch the energy level go up because that's an effort thing. It's just really, have you emphasized it enough? It, in, in most cases, it's, it's probably, you haven't emphasized it enough. Sometimes you don't rebound well because you don't have the studs, but yeah, that's what I was talking about last week. It's, it's really what you emphasize. Like if you're emphasizing, you know, getting on I'm sorry, but here's the best part for me though. They want to win in scrimmage games. So now you're, <laughs> they emphasizing, do. you're emphasizing in a time where you really have their attention at, at its highest level. So anything we need, if we're not screening well, you know, I, some teams don't screen at all. If you're reading react guy, you may not screen much at all, but we will we'll go uh, point per screen and it's gotta be a, a, a good screen. Like either there's gotta be contact or we gotta see a defender really have to move to go around it. So we'll have an assistant coach scoring these things. Maybe it's a point per ball reversal. We're just struggling moving the ball. Um, it can be a point per deflection on defense. It can be offense. It can be defense. But again, the kids want to win. So if all of a sudden this is worth three points, you know, taking the charges worth five points, watch them, watch them line up to take charges. Um, but just again, manipulate and emphasize. I think that's really, really important. It's not what you teach. It's what you emphasize. And, we all teach a lot of stuff and we want to be good at a lot of things, but ultimately it comes down to what they hear you say over and over again. Kiss, baby, kiss. Or what you, what you reward them with on that scoreboard. And that scoreboard is a great tool of practice. It is. Uh, and then if, you're, if your team is sloppy, three, start with three basketballs. You know, put 10 minutes on the clock. We're going to scrimmage for 10 minutes. Well, we got three balls. That ball went over in the corner. It's out of bounds. It's a turnover. Okay, here's ball number two. That ball gets thrown away. Here's ball number three. You better protect it. It's the last one. If in, in, in we basically in early in the season, if there's seven minutes on the clock and we hit that third turnover, we're running for seven minutes. I love that. That's a uh, great drill. You know, late in the season, will we run them for seven minutes? No, but we'll make them run for a minute or two and then get back out there and just, just teach them to value the basketball. I've had years where I've had to do that. I've had years where I haven't had to do that at all. It, it really depends again on your team, but you know, if they, if they're a team that doesn't value the ball, you just you just hit one of my pet peeves because Bo. I mean, I'm like, I live in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm like anti turnover guy. Like, well, you I, have to be because Bo Ryan will show up and, and oh, or Dick Bennett will show up or like, yeah, 
It's like, you know, that was my Steve. That was my first clinic. It was, it was Dick Bennett Friday night, Saturday morning, Wisconsin basketball practice, Wisconsin football game. I think I was 20 years old. It was my oh. first clinic. And you want to talk about a guy that will make you fall in love with basketball. Oh, that was it. His son's just, yeah. Anyway, don't get me started. Tony, yeah, Tony's oh, unbelievable. So, yeah. good. <laughs> so good. I still do. You know, our, our defense is still the old push system, you know, he runs, it, he runs it so well. So you're up to situations. How much? Let, let's talk. Let's talk the season. How much time do you in the season do you spend on this? How much in time in practice do you spend on situations? In practice, um, it, weekly. It, I think early in the season we're probably closer to 20 minutes of practice. Okay. And you know that could be as simple as we're every possession starts with a baseline out of bounds. Sometimes our scrimmage, you know, we'll we'll play at one end, but we'll start it with a with a baseline out of bounds play. Defense gets a stop or they score, they'll run transition. They'll play out that possession and then we'll stop it. And then we'll start at the other end with a base on a balance play. Just to kind of, it, it's controlled, but it lets them get up and down as well. Let's them transition from a made or miss to, to your break. Sometimes it'll be just base on a balance for seven, eight minutes. We'll huddle up. I'll call the play in the huddle. They'll go back out there. We run everything out of a box set. So we have about nine, 10 different sets. We run out of a box just to disguise it more. Okay. doesn't matter what you do, but for us, I just huddle them up. I'll give them a number and the kids can only cheat it so much because every set starts the same way um, as far as the setup goes. But uh, end of game, you know, those take a little longer where you're following, you're down six, you're in the bonus There's a minute and a half they to go. They do. I never feel like I have enough time for those. We always make sure we have enough time to flip it. So if you're on, all, if you're ahead by six, you're also behind by six. Okay. All on the same day. Um, and then, you know, free throw situations probably early in the season and then, you know, as needed. I, I think we're bad about that in terms of we'll, we'll wait till we get beat on a couple free throw box outs and then we'll go back to it. Yeah. If we were more consistent on that, maybe we wouldn't get beat on them. Um, so those are things that we, you know, and by end of game, it's not just ahead and behind. Sometimes it's sideline out of bounds with three seconds on the clock. And, and even if it's five on zero, like, like kids are gassed, we're almost out of time, um, we're going to do something where it's, it's – uh, you know, just something they've been through before. Even if it's that shell five on zero, um, do something. If you know, if it's for us, it's the end of practice because a lot of times it's the end of game, and they've got to be able to do those things when they're tired, um, and be able to mentally, you know, execute. Right. Um, maybe we're down to three minutes, and it's like you know what, you guys at that end, and you guys at that end, run through uh, Butler from sideline out of bounds. We'll put three seconds on the clock. We'll set them all at the same time just kind of go through the screening and the movement of that just to get them something. So later in the season, you know, I, I'm by, by February, we're not more than an hour and a half by late February. We're an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. So, um, you know, that obviously hopefully by then your situational stuff, your kids are pretty good at if you've taught it and emphasized it well at that point. So again, we work on at least one daily, probably more early in the season, uh, sample practice plan. I I'm hugely detailed, um, to the minute. I don't just write five minutes of this, five minutes of that. I, I want a start time and an end time. Okay. It's a goal. It's not a hard rule. It's a goal. But, again, between this that I have on the screen right now, the practice plan and the, the, the running clock, hopefully that keeps us on, on track. And, you know, good day. Yeah, I think it's really important on a practice plan to have, like, some people will put start, will put how much time and how long it takes. Some people will have a running total on the side. You need to come up with whatever way, especially with people listening, that you can keep just keep track. So you make sure you're moving. 
basically. Yeah. So, it, you know, yeah. we, we practice late a lot. So at 619, if we're not an eight man closeout drill here that I've got up on the screen, right. Um, we're behind, uh, you know, we got to get it going. Our kids love it when it's 617 and I'm like, fellas, we're three minutes ahead of schedule. You know, right. and they, they, they really get motivated by that. You know, just, so we talk about that all the time. So, yeah. Um, so we got sample practice plan there. And, and I think that's important that I would say, make sure your every level is using the same template, you know, make sure they're using that. Exact yeah. Same and whatever it is, just make sure you're using it. Yeah. And make sure they can see your plans. If you're the varsity coach and, um, and, and you can see theirs. I think that's important. So just some closing thoughts here, as far as practice planning goes, um, just some, a few odds and ends. I write a few names on the practice plan. I usually have three kids on there and it just reminds me to interact with those kids. I think relationships are so important. Um, you don't ever want that kid to get lost or you, where you just haven't, you know, you get to the end of practice, like, gosh, I didn't really get a chance to talk to so-and-so very much at all. Right. It goes on the plan for me the next day. And it's just, when I'm looking at that plan seven, eight times of practice, I see his name and probably two other kids and I'm just making an effort. And it may not even be about basketball stuff. Maybe I'm coaching them more in a drill. Maybe I'm talking to them during a, a drink break or something more. Um, just trying to, to, you know, make sure we're maintaining those relationships that are so important. I think that's a great, yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> My assistant is really good at this stuff. So at the end of practice, he, I don't even know if this is what he calls it. I may have totally made this up, but me, you, us is, um, this is the one he stole from me. I think. Did yeah. he really? Okay. So, so, and we did this last year and it was good. So yeah. we put kids on the spot. Tell me one thing you did well. Tell me one, one thing, one thing, one of your teammates did well. Tell me one thing we did well as a team today. Um, early on, it's pretty wishy-washy, but, but when you do it every day, and, and if this is your idea, this, I love it. If, 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 when you do it every day, they, they're, they're more aware during practice in case they get called on. Like they're, they're, yeah, because they, they don't know who I'm picking. They don't know right. who I'm picking, yeah. And it helps them be a better teammate because now in the middle of practice, they're seeing something maybe they didn't always see and are telling someone, hey, good job, or, or you know, they're, they're taking more ownership throughout and the And what practice. I love is when I haven't, like I picked a kid and then, like three days later, I'll pick them again because they don't think they're getting picked again. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? They're trying to play the system, you know? I try to be really unpredictable. Yeah. I try to be so unpredictable, Price. When they're just sure I'm going to yell and scream and pop a vein in my forehead, I'm, yeah. I'm as calm as can be. And sometimes when, <laughs> when they're coming off a 30-point win, feeling pretty good about themselves, I can be the biggest jerk in the world that next yes. day. You know, try to be unpredictable. Keep them off balance a little bit. I like your idea there. I didn't realize I stole your idea. My assistant stole it. No, that's great. I love that. You know, Rick Patino was always big on daily successes. You know, what do, what do we do better today? There's that 1% principle. I think that idea fits right in, right in line with those things. So I, I, I think that's been really good for a couple of days a year. Depends on the team. But there's a couple of days a year. We'll go through our, our first 30 minutes of practice. And from that point on, we are scrimmaging the rest of practice. We'll play four quarters. We'll divide the teams up. And I grab a whistle and my assistant grab a whistle. And all we do is referee. They can, they can run any of our stuff. They can, they can press. They can, if we've got a zone in, they can go zone. They can mix it up. They sub on their own. And we do not coach at all. And what do you see in that? I see guys step up. I, and it's not always the guys you think it's going to be. Um, you see kids that, that uh, you know, again, it comes back to the kids want to win. So when you're not doing it for them, they'll, they'll surprise you sometimes with who will step up and do those things. It's not always the, it's not always your captains. For me, it, it falls right into line with the fact that you all need to lead because there's going to be that day where our leading scorer slash captain feels awful and has no energy and somebody's yeah. got to pick him up that day. And these types of days fall right in line with that. And it reminds me sometimes, I think those days are really good for me because it, it, it makes me more observant, but it also reminds me that this needs to be their team and not my team. 
Right. And the more that it's their team, the better off we're going to be. So I those agree. days are good. Sometimes we do that three, four times a year. The kids love it because they're just playing. Right. right. Coach isn't yelling at me today. I'm just refereeing. Um, so we do that, you know, just to kind of mix it up. Do your kids have fun at practice? Man, they need to. They, they really do. need to. Um, we ask our kids to work extremely hard. So we've got we've to sprinkle that stuff in. Um, sometimes it's just as simple as they – Man, it's, it's amazing what's fun to them. The simplest drill. Uh, we do a drill called 30 and a half where we got, there's two teams and they got to make 10 layups, 10 elbow jump shots, 10 threes, and a half-court shot to win. And they're like, let's play again, let's play again. No, I'm telling you, this is going back to what you said earlier. We play a game called Spartan Ball. So here I'll describe it real quick. So six baskets, right? Two, two on the main court, two on the sides. So I split them. I split to two teams and – they'll go and they and and we'll have four teams basically two going sideways and they can they can eat one will score at the far court one will score at the near one and then the main court one either team can shoot at so you got two teams of like four on four going up and down and they can it's the weirdest game ever when you see a play you're like oh my god what are they doing but they can go at the main. They can go at the at the basket in front of them, or they can go to the basket that's on the main court. So they got to defend all of them, and they got to talk. And they love playing Spartan ball. I named it. I named it Spartan ball. I don't know. Sounds why, like sounds like mass chaos, which it's I love. mass chaos. But they love playing it, and it's stupid. But you know, it's like three or four minutes, and they have fun. And you know, winners play winners, and um, yeah. So you got to come up with stuff like that. Just. You got to think outside the box, to be honest with you. We'll play, gosh, we'll play. uh, They love camp games. You know, we we run camps. We run our junior Huskies camp, and we do dribble tag and stuff like that. Man, these these kids love that. Dribble tag, yes, yes. Back to dribble tag. uh, My bad days, we play capture the flag. We shut the lights off in the gym, and we split up the gym and the outside hallways, and we'll play steal the flag and and things like that. Um, The last One of the last things here is just, I think it's really important as a coach. I've gotten more and more in tune to this. I think – I don't know how you, what your thoughts are on this, but the more I have kids playing year-round, and we all have some that play year-round, the more I have to be really good about being in tune with nagging injuries, getting kids off the court, shortening practice, or even giving them days off when you maybe wouldn't. And I think I'm always – I've been fortunate to have, and, and I know you have probably more than I have, it's a long season and you get deep into the playoffs, you're going to be beat up. You've got to start managing that probably three to four weeks out and really make sure guys get their rest and they're ready to go come postseason. They do. And it's like, it's just those nagging ones. And it's like, they play too much to be honest. They do. Most they of them do. do. And they that's, do. and I think that's where it's changed for us older guys is that they've been doing it a while is, 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 you know, back in the old day, it was just tough it out. Let's go. We're going to, we're going to finish this. I, I'm a lot more, some days I'll just give it one kid the day off. You know, it's kind of that, that veterans day. Like you just need to go sit down, yeah get some shots up on the side, be engaged to the teammates, but, but I want you to, or I'll give them a coaching role. You're going to coach today. Yeah. You know, and the kid will fight you on it, but it's, it's usually that situation. They want to play, but it's like, well, they just your, yeah. your teammates know you're beat up. They know right. it. So they're not, they're not mad at you. I'm telling you to sit down. And I'll tell the kids that if this was my decision. I'm sitting him down. So right. So if think, you if you could only do so, are you, let's. I got a couple of questions, so I don't want to keep yeah. you all night. Um, if you could only do three things at practice, what would you do? Defensive breakdowns, shoot, and uh, 
Well, we'd probably, we'd probably, if only three, we'd probably get up and down and scrimmage a little bit. And scrimmage. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there something you would tell your, your younger self? Stop with the three-hour practices. I think when I was <laughs> – I was – I, I was 19, 20 years. I was 20 years old coaching freshmen. And man, we would, we would run three hour practices every Saturday or, or go twice. And I have no idea why I think, uh, you know, it's, but yeah. And, and kids have changed since then too. That was 1997, 1996, right. 1997. Kids have changed. Their attention span is short. I think practice at an hour 45 to two hours is that sweet spot. And, and they'll be so much more productive than any three hour practice. How do you, uh, how do you defend the ball screen? When we make them use it. And we just hard hedge and recover. Okay. Um, again, Every us, time? Yeah, always... but we, have a, we have a blitz call. So we do that all the time. We have a blitz call. So that allows us to just kind of easily um, get a lot of repetitions on that, but then easily flow into a trapping situation, um, especially late game if we're down. You know, we, we just, we're blitzing ball screens. Um, but, yeah, we, we always do that. Um, we always do that. We don't uh, – um, we do not uh, – we don't switch them ever. What's the, what's the hardest thing you think to teach? I think spacing on offense is really difficult for kids to understand. I think – I think movement, like not doing this. I think they become robotic. I agree, and I think sometimes – I think when a kid is we, – we really try hard to get kids out of the lane. We want to get to the lane, but if we're not shooting it, we got to get out of the lane. And right. So – you know, teaching them to go deep and fill out to the weak side is important. That's a, you know, a read and react principle. That's, um, you know, that fence offense that we ran a little bit of last year was more of a spread read and react, um, yep. which, which is more triggered by, by dribble penetration. But I think that's, they, they, they want to drive and they want to, we, we really emphasize the NBA three point line, like stay out of there. If you're not a post, you should be on the NBA three point line. And if you're, if you're, if there's something that puts you inside of there, your goal is to relocate to there. And I think when teams can, can, can continue to maintain spacing throughout a possession, they become, I think, infinitely harder to guard. They, it, it's, it's crazy harder to guard, I think. Um, so many teams bring their defenders to where it, 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 it makes you a lot easier to guard. Let's put it that way. What's, uh, what's one coaching thing that's happened in your career that you, we could dive into that a coach would find intriguing, learn from, I always love this is one of my favorite questions, but um, if Man. it could be a failure, it could be a success, something that that happened to you in your career that a listener would love to hear about and maybe that we could deep dive into. You know, I think, I think, you know, you can go little things like always, you know, you've got this, you think you've got the best game plan in the world and it's <laughs> evident by the end of the first quarter, it's, it ain't working. <laughs> like yeah. throw it out. We spent a week on this for, you usually do that against a team that's more talented than you. And you're like, okay, right. we, got, we got it. And then well, we were going to triangle into them and that didn't work. <laughs> I'd say there's um man, I think I, this happened to me once. This happened to me last year. It had never happened to me before. We're in overtime. And you know, this is, this is the byproduct of, of, of the era where the coach can call a timeout. We're in overtime and uh, our kid fell on the floor for a loose ball. And I just, I just yelled timeout and we didn't have any. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And um, so, you know, obviously a technical file in overtime. Our kids found a way to tie it, send it to double overtime. I said, I'm sorry, about 150 times in the huddle going out for, for double overtime. And our kids were like, coach, we got you. Don't worry about it. And they went out there and won the game in double overtime. And uh, that was something that for me. And that it, might have been a rally cry for them. Like, we can't you let. No, know, I've, I've coached right. 500 games and never done that before. It's like, oh, you idiot. As soon as I call timeout, I'm like, no, no, I didn't say timeout. And, and it was like, referee looked at me and kind of turned his head aside. I've made, I've made one, I've made one scorebook mistake in 30 years. And it was like sophomore coach in like, I don't even know, like 94. And I vowed that day I would never make another score. I mean, I checked that scorebook like 17,000 times before I turn it in, you know. That's when you look around and like pick out somebody that you act like they filled it out. And Yeah, it's like, yeah. did you do that? Did you? <laughs> but um, I, I tell you I tell you one thing though that I think is, is hugely valuable. Tell your kids when you make a mistake. Right. Tell them when you got it wrong. They, yeah. I think they respect the heck. Out that's of a great. That's a great parenting. That's a great them. parenting thing too. But yeah. You're gonna tell them. Yeah, I agree. You're gonna tell them when they did something wrong. Right. So yeah. you know, and I, I always tell my kids, look, we 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 evaluate the performance after a game, win or lose, we evaluate the performance. Right. It's not contingent on the result. But then I always remind them, hey, look, we go home and we watch film and, and we evaluate what we did on the sidelines as well. So don't think right. that just because well, that we're not I, taking over. And, and I, here's the couple of things I tell my guys. First of all, I'll never lie to you. Like, I will never lie to you. Like, if we're playing a bad team, I'm not going to tell you the team's good. Sure. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie to you. And the, and the second thing is, I'll come in and we, we grade practice. I have the kids grade. Every day they grade practice. Um, so there's a board in the room and I'll do it the first week. I'll say that was a B minus practice. And so we'll go in and I'll go, well, you lost, you had three C practices and an A you think you're going to win and they're grading it. I'm not doing it. So I have them grade it and, um, I'll come in and I'll say, you know, we'll have a close loss or a good, I'll say, I had a B game guys. I, I messed up, you know, I, I throw on, I'll fall on the sword if I have to. Um, and if I don't, if I do something wrong, I'll admit it, but, um, it's that accountability and they know if you're full of BS, trust oh, me, yeah. <laughs> their BS yeah, I, meters like way over here. You know, I, I think that goes a long ways towards those relationships and they, they know you're holding yourself accountable. Right. You know, I think that goes a long ways. What do you think one big from an old dog? What's a, what's a change you've seen in the game? You know, I, I think guys are a lot, so, I think so much better off the dribble. You know, it's, it's uh, so we focus, I think I talk about help the helper situations and it's, it's that combination of guys are really good off the dribble and everybody can make a three. Now if they're open, if they're open, that's the key. Like, like, you know, we'll give our guys scouting reports and this guy's a 17% three point shooter. But if you let him stand there and catch it, he's going to make it, you know? And then, and then they'll say, well, coach, you said he was, I go, my grandma will make an open three-pointer. Everybody will. Everybody will. And it feels like – maybe – I'm sure it's not just me. It feels like everybody does that to us. But Oh, it's like Coach – yes, Coach Morgan, if he's listening, Coach will go, the scout's right, Steve, this guy. I go, I, trust me, we're good. So one more question, then we're going to do our rapid fire. What – how do you balance – how do you balance everything in life? Like family, school, coaching. Do you have a secret recipe to that? 
Because coaches always at ask it. about that. Yeah, I've gotten better at it. I, don't, I wasn't always good at it. As the kids have gotten older, uh, you know, I just, I really value that time with them. So our, our players will, our players know, like there's a time where I won't be at a JV game because I'm at, I'm at my daughter's game somewhere. And, right. and I'll tell them flat out, look, well, I'll leave practice 15 minutes early because my daughter's got a, a you know, some, something at school. And I, and I tell the kids that, and, and, I, and, I, and I always follow up with this. Look, guys, I need you to win basketball games. I want you to win basketball games. I think we can learn a lot through that process. But more importantly, I need you to be a good father. I need you to be a good husband. Good human and, being. And yes. if, I don't, I, if I don't model that stuff for them, if, if, I, right. if I miss my daughter's, you know, she's not in a dance. Let's say a, you, your daughter's a dancer or something. I miss that because I'm at practice an extra 15 minutes. Right. I'm not, I'm not doing a very good no. job of showing them what's important in life. No. I mean, yes. And the thing is, I think you get, I mean, I think you're very like, at least in my twenties, I was very much this. Yes. And then I, well, kids, kids balanced me very well, actually. Um, that's one of my life lessons. I always give life lessons in my class every day. And one of my life lessons is when you get old enough, you should all have kids because it puts everything in perspective. Um, you become a lot less egocentric, like most of the teenagers were coaching. Uh, all right. So I'm going to give, I call it, I refer to this as rapid fire and rapid fire is basically, I'm going to ask you a question and it's usually about, a, it's usually a one word answer. Um, okay. Uh, it can be longer because sometimes I'll enter, I'll, I'll jump in. So what is your favorite type of, or brand of basketball? Literally the physical basketball you play with. What's your favorite brand? Wilson evolution. And is, is that the one that your state uses in the state tournament? It is. And I know you guys use that Spalding thing up there that just those Wilsons are soft. I don't know. We just, I, I love we, those. Well, I, here's my theory for everyone that's a high school coach. Use the one that you're going to use in the impo most important game of the year. Yeah, you have to. And a couple of years back, we switched to, to a Baden ball for a couple of years and it was awful. But we, right. we bought, we, we went and bought a couple dozen of them because that's you, you got it. You got to do it. Um, uh, one word to describe your ideal player. Hardest worker. Uh, one sporting event. NCAA tournament. Man, I'm struggling right now. I'm still waiting for it to come on, and it's not going to come on. I know. I took my son last year to the Final Four in Minneapolis. It was awesome. Did you really? We had so much awesome. fun. It was so much fun. Um, one skill not being taught today. Pivoting. Footwork. I would say footwork. Footwork yeah. is horrible. Yep. Um, favorite pregame meal? I don't eat before games. <laughs> that seems to be a common thing. I don't uh, eat. One thing you do to relax. You know, a TV is relaxing for me. I'm not a binge watcher. I'm a, I'm a sitcom guy. Oh God. So office. <laughs> Love the office. Parks and rec. I've never got into parks and rec. Oh my God. You got to get into parks and rec. I, you I've love heard, the I've office. Heard. You got to get into parks heard. and rec. Give it a I'm season. I'm watching Cheers on Hulu right now. Oh, Cheers is good. Uh, I mean, parks and, parks and rec is really good. Veep if you have um, HBO. I've got a, I've, it's funny. I just got a trial on HBO for about a month for free. And that's on my list. Veep is because she's uh, um, the, the woman from it's very good. You'll like Veep. Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. From Seinfeld. She's very good. Um, uh, one coaching technique you consider important. I, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a technique, uh, but being dynamic, you know, I'm, I'm a high energy guy, but when your kids are nervous, pressure situations, you got to show them the face they need to see. It can't be about you at that point. So there's times where we're, you know, we're last play of the game or, and I'm the calmest guy in the gym, which is rarely the case throughout the first three quarters. Right. Um, but again, I think you're, when your kids can look to you and see that, that's, I know that's way more than a one word answer. It's, it's read your audience, basically read yeah, your audience. You gotta, dynamic. I think that's a coach K thing. Be, you know, it, be dynamic, be what your kids need. 
Yep. Um, best player you have seen in person? Sean Livingston. Uh, God. Livingston. We, we played Sean Livingston in Peoria. That was in we like did. Wesley era. Yeah. He was good. 2003, we played him in the championship game at Thanksgiving tournament down in Decatur, Illinois. But Sean, I was just, it's funny. We just, we're doing podcasts with our program, like meet our coaches, which we're bored. So we're yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. My assistant said, you know, who's the best player you ever played against? And I'm like, you know, Sean Livingston, the Sean Livingston you saw win three titles with Golden State was a shell of the Sean Livingston I coached against in high school. Because after that knee injury, he was never the same. And um, the fact that he came back was almost a miracle. But this is a kid that, that went number four he was, in the draft. He was crazy good. <laughs> Six, eight, the longest arms I've ever seen on a kid and, and really, really scary. But he just worked through it, though. He wasn't going to be denied to make a living. And, yeah. Yeah, no, he was uh, – it was, it was really cool to see. He got him. in the right team, too. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you get on Steph's get on Steph's team. It's good. Yeah. And that's and, and then Jalen Brunson would be a coach sec close second. And you know, obviously two championships with Villanova. And then John Shire would be a close third. John Shire, I, I think Shire is gonna be the next head coach at Duke. I really do. Um, you know, he's on Coach K's staff right now. And uh It'll be, be in, it will be interesting who takes that job. That's, that's it's gonna be it's like, first of all, it's gonna be a Duke grad. That's back to your point. Do you wanna be the guy that follows him or not? I don't know. I think it's Brad Stevens. For for a few million a year, I would I would be the guy that followed him. Oh shoot, I'd do it for free. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I would be okay with that. <laughs> I mean, and there's a coach that adjusted to the the environment. Like old coach K would not have gone and gotten ones and duns. No. Like no. I mean he, he's adjusted. But he had know. to keep up with Cal, you know. He did, he did. Uh best player of all time. Uh MJ. It's not even close. I fight with kids so much about LeBron right now, and I and it's not that I, I love LeBron. I mean, I, I enjoy watching him play. Uh, I, he's been he's a good role model. Um, I love who was it? Chauncey Billups. Have you seen that quote by Chauncey Billups mm-hmm. that says, "When MJ played, nobody got a ring, but when LeBron's been playing, everybody's gotten rings." You know, during well, his well, during and, his the, run. And, and Michael never lost the final. It, it, it I, I'm sure you. It would have been eight in a row. Oh, it would have been eight in a row. It would have been. Without yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always questioning why he took the years off. I think there was a gambling issue under under toe there or something. You're that conspiracy theorist. Huh? I am. I think there was a Pete Rose thing, and they knew they couldn't get rid of him from the game. Um, one thing that helped you become a better coach? I think understanding the value of relationships. Yep. When, I was younger, I, when I was younger, I didn't always get how important that was. Um, best game you've seen in person? Oh, any level? Any level. Man, it would be – it's funny, NCAA tournament in uh, Minneapolis, man, this is probably probably 10 years ago now. We were in the old Metrodome. North Dakota, North Dakota State, they were green and yellow. Which one is that? That was North Dakota State. That was one of my players probably, Michael Nelson. Maybe. Okay, there was a kid named Woodside. Yeah, Michael Nelson. I had a Mr. Basketball from our state. He was on that team. That was a good team. Yeah. They were playing Kansas. And they darn near pulled off the upset. And this Woodside kid went for 30-something. And, yep. and just – I think that was probably because I was there, you know. And, it was, and then he – and then that – and then he became the Nebraska coach. Yes. Yep. Yep. That was – best one I've seen in person. Uh, uh, favorite quote? You know, I, I, I kind of – I always tweak Wooden's quote. Um, 
and, and really winning is the byproduct. You know, he talks about winning as a byproduct of effort. I, I always, my kids, I always tell my kids, you know, winning is a byproduct of just doing things the right way every day. More encompassing than just effort, you know, attention to detail, all that stuff. But that's one of my favorites. It's going to class. It's being empathetic. It's just being a good, yeah, all that stuff. And then focus on what you can control. I think with high school kids, that's really important. Yeah. Um, one word to develop, uh, one word to describe your coaching style. Uh, again, try to be dynamic, try to be unpredictable. Um, I don't care about, well, I'll change a system every single year if it helps me win games because that's, and, and that's not about helping me win games. That's about helping the kids win games. Right. Um, I will literally stand at half court for 18 minutes if we'll win yeah. because that's, that's what they're going to, I, I feel like, I feel like I owe that to kids and I think kids respect that. They, yeah. they see it and they respect it. And, um, you know, so I, it's not about my pride. It's about putting kids in the best position. Right. Cause they put the work in. That's what, that's what making my heart break with all these spring sports. And yeah. it's like all these kids that have put all this time in coaches will get over it. Whatever. You guys have other seasons. These guys don't. Um, and that's, you know, that's something I tell kids all the time. Like I can do this. Till I'm old and fat. You know, you guys got, you know, Sue seniors. This is your last shot at it for a while. This is it. Uh, best basketball coach of all time. I really like Calipari. I think Cal. He has not got. He has not gotten a vote. You are the first one to give him a vote. Nice job. Here's here's what I here's what I like. He he has to coach differently with his one and done. You always see that game, that post game with Cal, where where his kids were awful and they lost to a team they shouldn't have lose lost to in the early season, and then you see him again in February, and and they're just so different. So I, I think he gets kids today really well. I, I was about to say Dean Smith. Um, Dean Smith was not a great clinic coach. I went to see him at a clinic one time and he kind of lost control of the room. I was probably 20, 21 and sitting, you know, 20 feet from Dean Smith and 500 people behind me and they weren't paying attention halfway through. And uh, so that was always kind of interesting. I, I guess I, I struggle sometimes with, uh, you know, is it, is it the coaching or is it the talent at the D1 level? I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go on record. There's probably, there's better high school coaches than there are college coaches out there. I agree. And I don't know why, when you asked that, I immediately thought of college just because that's, no, no, I'm just, but I'm just saying, don't get me wrong. I mean, Tony Bennett's one of the best coaches in the country right now. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable, yeah. but that, that has become almost like being governor or president. You're almost a figurehead in some respects yep. because you got to recruit, you got to raise money. Well, you're the highest don't get paid, me wrong. You're the highest paid employee in the state. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Bo Ryan's an unbelievable coach. You know, the, all these guys are great coaches, but it, that, that has changed in the last 25, 30 years. Um, I'll tell you, Bo Ryan and Dick Bennett are two of my all-time favorites. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, that's why, I tell, that's why I tell young coaches, I said, you can go to those clinics and list, listen to the big boys. The big boys aren't where you're going to really learn your stuff. You're going to learn generic stuff, but they're going to tell stories. They're going to do this. The ones and they're and they're going to cash their check on the way out, and then probably jump on their jet to go recruit somebody. Absolutely, you want to hear somebody? It's like go go talk to these people that have been in the you know that have had to like mop the floor kind of thing. Um, I still like. I still There's college coaches that are unbelievable working their ways up, but those big boys, I'd say half of the ones I've heard are like that. They're I, I went out of there with me. Yeah. yeah, one thing. Um, one book you'd recommend. Uh, this is kind of old school. It's going back to mid nineties, but taking the purple to Pasadena, that's uh Gary Barnett when he was a football coach at, at Northwestern. Ah, yeah. And I look, it's funny when I, when I saw your list of questions, I looked it up on Amazon to see if you could still get it and you can. And it's uh Gary Barnett was fantastic at uh, team building motivation. There are stories in that book 
that I still tell. And sometimes kids want to hear it twice in a year. Like there's a, a story about a, a, a guy named Ahab that gets lost in the desert and it, it just comes down. It's a trust story, trust and trust the process. But the, the kids just love the story. Like they, there was one year I was in Rock Falls and I told that story. The next day I came in and they had drawn pictures and had them like on the, on the bulletin board in the locker room. And it was, you know, they just love the story so much. That's one of those books that's got, it's, I mean, it's whatever story you do. You, there's, a, there's a wheelbarrow story I tell about a guy crossing the Niagara Falls in a wheelbarrow. If you ever look it up, famous, famous from that story. book. It's in that book. It's that book. It's unbelievable. I don't know if it's his story. I don't know if it's his story, but he's used it. It's in that book. He, he uses it. And he, no one would do it. And like, I don't know if it was like the prime minister, somebody from England wouldn't get in some, some Lord or something. And then he asked somebody else and his mother got in the wheelbarrow and he took her across yeah, a tightrope across yeah. it. Yeah, basically. Believe. But it's like, and I'll, and I'll tell that story early in the year and I'll show them a video and then I'll, you know, mid season, I say, are you getting in the wheelbarrow or you're not getting in the wheelbarrow? Yes. Like, that's a great story. I love that one. But it that's is a in great that story. That's in that book. It I is. don't know. He probably borrowed it from somebody. But. He did. I mean, it's a famous story about there's a famous guy that used to go across and you know, his mother was the it's only a, one. It's a great collection about that stuff. And then obviously when he came to Northwestern in the mid nineties, they hadn't been to the Rose Bowl ever. I don't think if I remember right, or maybe yeah. once. So trying to build that belief in his kids. Yeah, it's belief. You got to make, you got to, you got to convince them that they can do it. All right. Uh, last question is, do you have any parting words for, for a younger coach or a coach starting out? This is not a one word response, but um, that you would give to them. Yeah. So I, I, I read this, this week somewhere, Twitter somewhere, and it, it just, it, it, it rings very true for me. Um, you know, as, as you're coming through the ranks and, I think I was single when I first started, you know, most of us are single when we start, you know, <laughs> as an assistant, all that stuff, who you marry. I think if, if coaching is really important to you, who you marry is, is going to decide whether or not you get to do this for a living Yep. for as long as you <laughs> want to or not. And you right. may not want to for 30 years, but uh, my wife, Nicole is, is phenomenal. She's, she does so many things for us, senior night stuff. She's our parent rep right now. My son's a freshman. Right. I mean, she schedules all the concession help. She does art. She's an art teacher. So she does artwork stuff for me. And what I'm going to tell you, it's a, it's a role. This, this gig's a roller coaster too. There's been, you know, but coach, my son coming through gave me a second wave. Um, I don't know if you felt that in your career. Well, and I'm, I'm entering that. I know your son just graduated and mine just started. So yeah. So, but it's like, it it was, even when he was in middle school, it was like, I was kind of getting like, Ooh, am I almost done? I've been doing this for 20 plus years. And then he, I got the second wave of energy. It was, um, yeah, I think you just look at it a different light too. I think when you get a little bit older and, uh, and, you know, just to finish that, you know, my wife came from a coaching family, you know, her right. brother, uh, her I was an assistant for her brother back when I was 20 years old. Her dad was a golf coach for 30 years and coach high school basketball back when you coached everything, you know? And uh, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, some think they get it. Some have lived it. Um, you know, you, if, you know, that relationship is important to you and coaching is important to you. You got to find a way to make those two things work. It's a great life balance. Thank you, coach. Hey, I appreciate it, Steve. Thank Thanks. you. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like. Um, we love those. Um, and send me an email, steve at teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.